This is In the Trenches, Broadcast 5. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Nate Kutzko. Nate is a very good friend of mine, and today's broadcast is a little bit different than the ones we had before it because we're actually offering some giveaways and some discounts on some of Nate's products. Now, we'll get into a little bit more detail about what Nate creates and what he's all about, but I'll give you a quick highlight here. He creates some really incredible kitchenware products, some cutting boards and things like that, but a little bit different than anything you've ever seen before, and I say that uh, with 100% authenticity. This stuff, you don't see it in Target, you don't see it anywhere else. He handcrafts this stuff. It's really amazing. So if you want to get your hands on a free board or some other incredible products, or you want some great discounts on some incredible boutique artisan kitchenware, check out tomworkus.com backslash broadcast five. That's broadcast in the number five. Without further ado, today's broadcast. Welcome everyone to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today we have a very special guest on the show, Nate Kutzko. Nate is an inventor, designer, artist and craftsman, artist, cocktail maker, extraordinaire, businessman, and very good friend of mine. Nate is the founder and CEO of Cutsco Kitchen, a company that not only invents incredible products for your home and kitchen, but also teaches aspiring chefs and kitchen artists how to master their craft. Nate began his journey into the world of artisan craftsmanship and entrepreneurship after five years of active duty military service. Nate is a West Point grad with a background in engineering, which, and I think he will agree with me, gives his products an incredible advantage over the competition because he designs stuff not only with the beauty of the product in mind, but the versatility and use of the product. So without further ado, uh, Nate, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Tom, for having me. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started Cutsco Kitchen. Sure. Um, probably like most inventors, I mean, my interest in making innovations and changes to products uh, started at a you know, really young age. Um, I just liked you know, inventing, I like creating and, and building. And, um, luckily growing up, um, you know, with my parents who had a workshop and, and were, um, uh, building homes and, and always sort of doing like the do it yourself mentality. So we always had tools and wood and things around the house to, you know, you know, basically modify. And, uh, so at a very young age, I just started, you know, working in the workshop by myself and just building things. Um, and after years of, you know, college education and, um, you know, working, um, I just really got that urge again to, to create something of my own and, and eventually, uh, market it. So after several false starts of trying to invent some stuff and, and getting to the market, um, the idea of, of modifying and, and inventing uh, a new cutting board just came to me. It wasn't really something I thought of doing, uh, for business at first. It was really just to help my own, uh, you know, cooking skills. Uh, at the time, I was uh, courting a, a woman and who eventually became my girlfriend. And 
And honestly, I just wanted to make better meals for us, uh, home cooked. And so I looked at the boards I had, which were flat and you know, the ones that most exist in most kitchens and thought, you know, there's got to be a better way. So um, just kind of sketched out some ideas and went down to my shop in my basement and hacked away some wood and came up with the ideas I have now. That's incredible. So as far as your start then, you said you dabbled when you were younger. Um, and then I had mentioned your military background and your engineering degree. Would you say that that came into, into play when it came to designing these products, your engineering background? Absolutely. Um, you know, just the understanding of, of how materials behave and, you know, sort of those like um, structural elements of a building, for instance, um, can be applied to products as well. Um, you know, just sort of the I-beam sort of stiffness of, of a, you know, column or beam um, is really something that I used and leaned on uh, when designing my products. You know, keeping it simple, but keeping it... Um, uh, you know, making sure it's functional as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a couple of your boards and I can definitely attest to that. They're high quality stuff. And, um, it's, it's kind of cool because not only do they look great, but they're easy to use. And I, I think they're outstanding products. You mentioned a, a little earlier that you had a couple false starts. Uh, do you mind kind of explaining some of those false starts? You don't have to get into too much detail, but I'd be kind of interested in your process, uh, of what led up to Cutsco Kitchen, um, whatever those false starts were. Sure. Um, I think I'm a lot like a lot of entrepreneurs where um, I had a, a really good job selling medical sales. Um, I was a sales rep. I was um, outside sales, so I was in um, calling on doctors, and I was in surgeries uh, for orthopedic products and helping um, assist with those. But uh, overall, I mean, the, the work schedule, the um, just the demands of the job were extremely stressful. And, um, I just felt like this wasn't the right fit for me after a while. Um, the money was great, but honestly it was just, um, it was kind of killing me. I mean, I gained a bunch of weight. I just wasn't healthy. Uh, no balance in my life being on call, um, 24 seven. So at that time I'd kind of come up with some ideas, um, that I thought, you know, maybe I could take to the market. And the first was like this video equipment, um, I assembled for, you know, for helping, uh, sports training and, uh, it was pretty cool, but the business model was really hard to nail down. So I kind of abandoned that and moved on to, um, well, I should back up and say, I, I eventually left and resigned from that, uh, sales rep job and to pursue my, you know, entrepreneur inventing, um, pursuits full time. Um, and then I came up with this another idea, a very niche product, that I was able to kind of manufacture in my garage and uh, just couldn't get the traction I was looking for for that. Um, some of that was just timing with the market, um, some competitive products that this um, product I made couldn't support. Um, just didn't, uh, you know, just, it was just kind of a little, probably about four years um, behind as far as launch goes. And then during that whole time, I just kept thinking about more and more ideas because I didn't really want to go back to having a day job. But, um, and that's kind of where Cusco Kitchen came up. I figured out the uh, sort of design features of my boards and, and thought, you know, this might have the best uh, application because, one, it's not really a niche product. I mean, everyone has a kitchen. And, two, you know, there's just a way of expanding the product line to not just like one style of board but multiple. And, you know, I can really kind of expand the catalog to, to um, you know, help as many customers as possible. Sure. 
Um, so as far as that's concerned, your transition to actually going back from uh, when you were a salesman to um, starting your first uh, ventures, did you make the jump to do it? Was it a, a leap? Um, did you go all in or was it a slow transition? And I guess what I'm getting at is um, we spoke with uh, a couple of people earlier in this um, interview series. AJ Leon, he said he leapt. Um, he just jumped right in. He quit his job and went all in to his, uh, his new venture. Um, and another person I had on was Al Pinapali. He mentioned that he kind of transitioned slowly. Um, so what was your experience there? Did you just go all in? Did you quit and just start it up? Or had you been planning it for a while and slowly transitioned into entrepreneurship? Uh, the planning process was fairly short. I mean, only a few months for the, um, like that video equipment I came up with. And then I resigned. And at that point, I was kind of on my own. Um, so you could say I kind of leapt into it. I, I did leap into it pretty quickly, but also, um, you know, after a while, it, you know, it takes a while to get a business up and running and, and kind of find your footing. So, um, you know, I've since then sort of taken on a variety of sort of part-time jobs um, and um, working on things so that I can keep this dream alive without necessarily, you know, and the flexibility of, of being able to work, you know, around my own schedule, um, but still pay the bills. It's important. Sure. And that's, I think, a good point to make. I think a lot of the listeners out there who are considering entrepreneurship or, or looking into it or, or actually making the leap might have this idea in their minds that it's got to be all in, all or nothing, um, that it's make or break. And maybe that works for some people, but I think having that steady side income is important, at least for that transition period. Definitely. I, I definitely recommend, um, you know, unless, you know, honestly, I think the best scenario for an entrepreneur is being married or you know, having a um, spouse that can provide um, income during that sort of grace period when you're when you're sort of building the business, um, that's the best scenario. If you're single like me, um, you definitely need to have some sort of um, side income to you know, offset the expenses. And you know, starting a business is expensive, especially in the R and D stage. Um, you're gonna be spending a lot of money mm-hmm. building and, and and developing, and so. Um, you got to have you know some a nest egg kind of you know stored up or you know a lot of credit one or the other. Sure, absolutely. So, what would you say was and, and you know to point out that I think Cutsco Kitchen is doing great and it looks like it is. It's definitely expanding. You have a couple um, stores that are selling your goods now. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, part of my strategy was um, getting the word out. You know, through through other retailers and. Um, you know, wholesale for a small business like myself um, is tough because, you know, the margins are so low. You need a lot of volume. But my whole, my whole strategy has always been to try and sell the majority of my boards through uh, my own retail shop um, and website and do the majority of my sales online. Having a physical store um, of my own, it just seemed very limited considering how big the Internet is and how many people are on it. Um, the wholesale accounts I have, are important for you know just for really for marketing and just kind of letting people know that um, that my boards exist and they already have an audience um, you know built in. Sure, and I think that's essential. But that's and that is incredible. Really, uh, it seems like a, a difficult thing to break into. You don't really, at least a lot of the people that I interact with, don't necessarily like invent and create physical products much anymore. A lot of it, a lot of the people I talk to in an interview and stuff like that. Uh, they do the digital stuff. And I, I'm not saying that that's easier necessarily, that one is harder than the other per se, but that the physical, like tangible product, is a, it's kind of a rarity, honestly, to see entrepreneurs try to take on the task of inventing a physical product and then marketing and selling it. 
Um, so yeah, kudos to you for doing that. Thanks. Yeah. So what was your biggest hurdle when it came to starting your own business? I guess we kind of covered some of that, but would you say that that was it, that the uncertainty or what, what was your biggest hurdle with starting your business? Well, um, that's a good question. I mean, I've had experience, um, being self-employed, um, with a, you know, offering a handyman service. Uh, I was an owner operator for that with my father and, uh, I actually still do that now part-time. Um, because I really, you know, so the idea of self-employment wasn't necessarily a brand new thing for me. I, I, I'm very used to sort of being an independent and working alone. And, um, so that part, you know, having that sort of discipline, um, I had sort of honed over the years. Um, I've always mm-hmm. worked in environments that I never really had many coworkers. So sort of being on my own, being alone, having to get up and, and do work and, and, you know, push this goal forward, um, was something that just took a lot of practice from, from experiences before. Sure. So I guess, uh, what I'm interested in finding out a little bit more about, um, and I, I'm sure the audience is too, how do you come up with your inventions and your designs? That's a good question. Um, honestly, I think I have like a sort of, you almost call it like a hypersensitivity to, um, I don't know, you want to almost call it BS, you know, and, um, inconveniences and frustrations. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what you would call it, but just these things like, man, these, this is annoying. And, uh, you know, when you're doing something and I'm using, especially having used, um, you know, physical tools, um, a lot in my life, you know, I just know like, man, this is inconvenient. This, this makes my muscles sore. This, this hurts. Um, this doesn't feel right. And so, um, you know, I kind of have a sort of a sensitivity to those things. And so when I started, um, you know, looking at and started cooking, you know, the flat cutting boards that, you know, are common on the market. Um, you know, just all those little steps that you have to do, like transferring it, cutting it, um, you know, taking it from a board to the, to the, um, to a bowl was just inconvenient to me. I was like, this, there's gotta be a better way. This doesn't feel right. And, um, and so a lot of it really, you know, a lot of my inventions come from the idea of like, you know, something doesn't feel right. And so I was like, all right, well, what, what can I do to make it feel right? What, what would make it easier? And that's kind of how I start every sort of questions. Like, there's got to be a better way. That's awesome. So I guess to sum up then, you identify a problem or you identify something that's broken and you ask yourself, how can I fix this or how can I improve this or how can I make this better? Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of times, all my solutions um, are really never conceptual. I can, It's usually something I can do myself. I mean, if it's really a sloppy prototype, it's some sort of solution I could build or sculpt or do something to kind of get an idea that it could work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not a lot of, well, this would be great if we had this like advanced machine that does it. A lot of it's just kind <laughs> of simple solutions to, um, to my problems and, and they, and, you know, they solve them. Sure. And that's kind of how you started Cutsco Kitchen, right? I mean, you came up with, up with these uh, boards um, with the specific channels in them and stuff like that. You created that basically in your basement. Yeah. You know, because of all the tools I have um, in my workshop, you know, I just, Found just finding the right sort of dimensional piece of lumber that would work and then milling out the channel. I, I just felt like that would be the best way. And um, having the equipment to do that was really helpful. So it's, you know, from a physical product standpoint, it's just really helpful to have the tools to prototype stuff early on and, and not have to like go to a CAD drawing and, and draw it out. It's easy to do it physically for me. Cool. So this kind of transitions into the next question. And I, I do think it's slightly different than the last. And it's what is your creative process? 
uh, do you subscribe to a particular creative process? Like, uh, I mean, obviously we, we identified how, um, you come up with your inventions and that's to identify the problem and, and figure out a solution. But as far as when you start, I guess, developing that solution, do you have like a particular creative process that you go through or, or what do yeah, you do? Absolutely. Um, I find just, I don't know, over time I've sort of developed a, a knack for, for connecting experiences in my life. And I, I think it's really important sure. for, for people, um, to, to have a, you know, have a sort of a catalog of experiences to do stuff. And, um, you know, it's it's easy to look at a book, and, you know, and, and learn from that. But but until you've done it, um, you you don't really understand sort of the, the the fears, the you know, sort of the insecurities, all all the things that go into a uh, an action. Um, and and so I've you know I've had a lot of experiences with stuff, and and so when you know when I'm looking at my creative process, I could say I've always looked back at my memories and my experiences and say, you know, is there something there that may be completely unrelated to cooking? that could work for this product. And I, I'm always looking outside of the box, um, sort of like looking to other industries, other, um, you know, unrelated sort of fields that may have a, an idea that I could connect with the problem I'm trying to solve. Yeah, I know. That's very interesting. I like what you said there about having a catalog, catalog of experiences. I think that is completely and uh, entirely essential. And it kind of leads into this next question that I want to ask you. Um, you know, that said, everything you just mentioned, uh, what what is your greatest fear then with with all this stuff, with the entrepreneurship, with the inventions? I mean, do you do you deal with fear on a daily basis? And and then how do you overcome that? Yeah, uh, fear is always present um, in my life. As far as you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, there's you know the biggest fear is financially. Um, you know. You, when you invest in a in an idea, uh, and you get to this stage, you know it, there's a lot of money involved with it, and um, you know, and so you're always thinking, man, I've really expended a lot of resources to get to this stage. You know, are people going to buy it? Are they not? I mean, there's always that sort of fear of, um, you know, geez, I hope people think this is a good idea, and I'm not the only one. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, it just it puts a lot of strain on relationships, um, and that's always you know, I don't want to necessarily you know go so far that you know I, I lose those types of connections but um yeah it's tough you know it's you know you can wake up some morning and think man this is what am i doing you know and yeah sure, <laughs> it's like, sure. this is what this is ridiculous you know and and uh <laughs> yeah. but i think the thing that keeps me from from quitting is just you know i i feel like i have a good grip of my strengths and honestly like the idea of getting a job um would be great for you know for many reasons, but at the end, it's like I just don't feel like I'd be satisfied as a person. Um, I've got this sort of itch I have to scratch, and um, at the at this point, you know, and I think everyone has sort of a breaking point. But I don't. If I've reached it, I've I probably forgot, and and uh, I've kept going since. But uh, just you know, I just have to dig down deep and keep going. I mean, um, and and, and yeah. also, I mean. Eva- continue to evaluate. Okay, is this is this worthwhile? Is this worthwhile? I mean, where do I need to get to to keep? You know, you have to kind of set goals. Okay, this is kind of, I need I need to see some results by this time, or I need to, I need to get some um, results, or or you know, you gotta see positive steps as well. You, sometimes it is a losing battle, sure. and that's why I quit on those other projects until I found the one that fit right. Yeah, for sure. I actually want to highlight that one thing you mentioned about that that idea that you had when uh 
you know, you wake up some mornings, you're like, what am I doing? Or that kind of like internal conflict. And it's funny because I was, I'm creating this little product on, uh, on basically creativity. And, and one of the books I was looking at was Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. And here's a quote from it, which I think really applies. He says, uh, um, it means that you feel like a phony, like you're winging it, that you really don't have any idea what you're doing. But guess what? None of us do. Ask anybody doing truly creative work and they'll tell you the truth. They don't know where the good stuff comes from. They just show up and do their thing every day. So I thought that was a pretty cool quote. It definitely applies here, wouldn't you say? Definitely. Um, And that's why I feel like you just got to keep, you know, everyone is out there kind of, like you said, kind of faking it. I mean, all these businesses, these corporations, and, um, you know, it's just kind of built on this perception that like, oh, because they're so big, they they know what they're doing. But really, I I don't think they do. I think they're kind of making as many mistakes (laughs) as I am. And, um so, you know, it, it, it's sort of encouraging to realize that we're all kind of winging it, um, especially with marketing. Yeah. I mean, think about all the thousands of dollars that people spend on ads that, you know, don't produce anything. So I feel like, okay, you know, I can kind of work this my angle. And in either way, it's, it's sort of the same result, whether I spend $10,000 or just, you know, reach out and network with people. It's sort of, hopefully it works out the same. Sure. I would actually submit that um, it's better that way, that you spend less money doing that. I mean, I guess it, I, I know there's still room for conventional advertising and stuff like that. But I think real the real marketing nowadays, especially online, is creating that personal connection, which you're doing, you know, with, with Cutsco Kitchen and you're doing with your product. And I think you see all the successful people doing it. They have this unique, uh, sincere, authentic connection with their customers, Uh and that's it. Like that's the the permission marketing aspect of it. And I think I think you've got that down, and you're you're building it the right way, as opposed to just throwing money at um, advertisements, which may or may not work. And I don't think for the long haul work. Yeah, thanks. I, I agree. I mean, I think uh, you know, for entrepreneurs that are getting out there, you know, I think you really have to think outside the the traditional marketing model, which is print mm-hmm. ads. Um, in magazines, especially. I mean, how many people read magazines anymore? I mean, there's just Sure. There's so many distractions out there that, um, you know, you really have to be wise, especially when you're on a budget, um, you know, early on and, and, you know, don't have any investors yet. You're like, you know, I, you got to make every dollar count. And, um, you know, the best way is to look beyond those traditional models and, you know, connect with people, you know, especially, you know, in the blogosphere. Um, you know, people work really hard to build audiences and, and connecting through those audiences that already have some sort of commonality between them, whether it be cooking or creating, um, you know, that's sort of the, the new wave of marketing. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. And I see it on a daily basis, uh, that form or that style of marketing being successful, because I think it comes down to the fact that it is personal and it's authentic. Uh, I think people now more than ever can see through, uh, phony stuff, uh, better than they could before. Um, it's it's easier to get to the the truth of things. So just being authentic and being truthful, I think, is your best bet. And I think you're doing that. And like I mentioned before, and I think all the successful entrepreneurs out there, successful artists too, are doing the same thing. They're just being sincere and honest and and uh, transparent. So I guess the next question I'd like to ask you would be if you had a a particular creative tip or trick for someone. Um, who's trying to uh, come up with creative stuff, whether it's entrepreneurial stuff, uh, whether it's um, art, what is your number one creative tip or trick for coming up with great ideas? I think the probably 
just doing stuff. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're a cook, then then cook. Um, or if you want to cook, for instance, I mean, if you've never cooked sure. before, you know, just pick it up and do it. And um, you know, I've made many mistakes uh, in the kitchen, and you know, it's like, all right, well, I'll just you know try it again the next time. I think you have to keep trying. Um, you know, never, never quit on the first try is really kind of the best advice. And I would say that probably, um, because I mean, if I had given up on my first business idea, I, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I mean, all those failures, um, has got me to where I'm at and, and it's really, those failures have been experienced and I realized, okay, you know what, that didn't work for that, but I think I can use it for this now. And, um, you know, creatively, you know, you just got to do it just over and over and over again until, um, you know, until you get the results you want, really. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I like that. I like your thought process on that, and I think it's true. Just if you want to do something, do it. And that's how you get better at it, and that's how you improve, and that's how you come up with great stuff. So I guess we could we could honestly probably talk for another couple hours. Uh, to be honest with you, I have about a million questions. But um, I think I'd like to wrap it up here and say, uh, with, with this final question, what advice do you have for the aspiring entrepreneur? To me, I think the most important thing is, is really is market analysis um, early on. I think really having an honest um, assessment of, of how big your market is, who your market is, um, you know, you really need to look at, okay, what am I selling and, you know, how am I going to make a living from it? Because here's some examples. I mean, I had a, one of those products I was trying to sell really should have been retailing at about $10. And so if it cost me $3 to make, um, that's about $7 in, you know, gross profits. So $7 isn't that much for one product. When you think about how many I need to sell to make a living, um, it's a lot. So, you know, really evaluate, you know, the product and and how much you're going to have to sell to, um, you know, to make this a full-time gig. And, and in some cases you might realize, you know, this, this may not, provide a full living for me, but it could, um, you know, it could make X amount of money per month. I mean, maybe a few hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars, and then, you know, then slowly kind of hopefully grow from there. Um, that's really important is sort of the cost of what you're trying to sell and then, you know, and realizing how many you'll have to sell. So it sounds like, uh, if I were to summarize, you want to identify the market you're interested in getting into. You really want to do the hard analysis of of who's there, who are who are the customers, who wants to pay for stuff, um, and then identify what you can, I guess, what your addition is to that, um, how you can um, identify some product that people will buy in that market or in that niche. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here, I mean, just quick example, man. I love the site Kickstarter.com. Uh, sure. I've submitted a project to it. Didn't get approved actually for these boards uh, a long time ago, and. Um, but I go on there for inspiration and, and kind of looking at other things. And, you know, and you look at some of these gadgets that are like really small. I mean, they can't cost very much. And you realize, man, that guy's going to have to sell, you know, 10,000 of those widgets just to get to, you know, $50,000 in sales. I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot of inventory and that's a lot of uh, transactions. And so, you know, early before you start um, thinking about creating a business, um, really, really you know, look at how many customers are really out there, how many people are going to have to show this to to actually buy it. I mean, if you use that sort of rule of thumb, like, you know, three to five percent, 
on a high end of how many people you'll have to show this to that actually wants to purchase it, you know, the conversion rate, um, the numbers really add up quickly to how many people you need to get in front of. Um, but that shouldn't stop you from creating. In many ideas I've had, it was like, man, you know what? I should just make that for myself and be happy, you know? And, and, and sometimes, you know, sure. you really just oftentimes should just create for yourself um, first and foremost. And then if, it, if there is a market, great. If not, you know, at least you have that one sort of unique item that you made um, that no one else in the world has. I love it. Create for yourself. That I think is powerful. I love that. Thanks, Tom. Well, Nate, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I think there's just an incredible amount of content in here. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show with us today. I think everybody really appreciates it. Well, I appreciate the time. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of great conversations together. And uh, and I hope that continues into the future. Absolutely, Nate. Take it easy, man. We'll catch up soon. And that wraps up today's broadcast. If you're interested in Nate's boutique artisan handcrafted kitchenware, check out cutscokitchen.com. That's K-U-T-S-K-O kitchen.com. Or go to tommorcus.com backslash broadcast5 where I'll have links to his website, but I'll also have some special discounts and some special giveaways just for listeners of In the Trenches. That's entirely courtesy of Nate Kutzko of Kutzko Kitchen. These boards really are incredible. I own a couple myself, and I always highly recommend them to friends and family. If you're into independent art, um, you know, boutique, artisan craftsmanship, there's really no excuse. you got to at least check it out. Check out his website or check out tomworkus.com backslash broadcast5. As always, good luck on your projects, what you're working on, and everything involved in creating your life's work. I hope to catch you on the next episode. This is Tom Marcus, and if you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorcus.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.